Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. I am Russ. Lucas makes his triumphant return to the show this week and him and I are going to discuss is Joey Chestnut's current reign over the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest the greatest dynasty in modern sports? Him and I are also going to talk a little bit about the USC-UCLA move to the Big Ten. What does that mean for college football? What's the next big domino to fall in college football? Is Notre Dame going to join the Big Ten? Is the SEC going to start stealing schools from the ACC? Who knows? We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, Also, maybe dive into a little bit of the Kevin Durant trade request over the last week. Talk a little money in the bank as well. So, after the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Russ, and joining me after a one-week break, Lucas is back. Hey, hey, hey. Woo. What's going on, man? Uh, nothing. Uh, first off, I want to apologize. Um, you know, I was supposed to record that episode with you, but I kind of had like a, I wouldn't call it a mental breakdown, but it was, as you know, and some of the listeners may know, I have uh, severe anxiety and depression, and I'm raising two babies along with my girlfriend, one of our biggest fans, Tina, and I just got really, really overwhelmed and kind of had a little bit of a breakdown and was having a really bad emotional day. So I needed to take that day off. I really wanted to talk Obi-Wan with you guys, but I did listen to uh, some of the episode and you guys held it down. So, all right. Uh, well, Hey, since you're on here now, uh, what did you think of Obi-Wan? I thought it was really good. I thought the first episode was really kind of, I, I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't really like the first episode so much. Um, and actually I was talking to, producer adam about that and he said hang in there wait till you know episodes uh i think he pointed to three five and six mm-hmm. as the best episodes and yeah those fights between uh darth vader and obi-wan are just crazy good yeah i i like I say yeah I, him and i really liked it it really feels like star wars to me it's the first time i've seen something in quite a while it feels like a star wars show so yeah um I got a lot of uh, feedback after that episode. Uh, a lot of people gave me shit for not seeing Stranger Things yet. Yeah, and and like we just talked about off air, I'm not going to give you shit about not seeing Stranger Things. It is a really good show. Um, I think you'll really like it. It's kind of, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like a horror thing, but it's it's kind of like a mystery thing, and it's you know a lot of throwback stuff to the 80s when you know you were a kid in the 80s so mm, yeah i think a lot of the stuff you'll relate to right well i did run a poll question on our twitter which if you don't follow us on twitter i think you should it's where we do most of our uh our posting uh couch bro podcast or at couch bro podcast i'm still getting used to that whole twitter handle thing ran a poll question uh had you guys decide uh, what show you wanted me to check out next and i put uh success Succession, HBO show. I put Stranger Things. I put The Boys, which you were telling me about over the weekend that I need to watch as well, and uh, others. So if you had any recommendations that wasn't on that poll question, throw them out there. Always uh, willing to check out new stuff. Uh, Had a tie between Succession and uh, Stranger Things. So I'm going to start Stranger Things probably this week. Yeah, I I really think you're gonna like it. Succession's really good too, which I think you said HBO. I think it's on Apple, isn't it? No, Succession's on HBO. Oh, the Succession—that's the uh, 
You're thinking the of family uh, business. I'm thinking of the other severance. Severance, which yeah. producer Adam's going to check out next. Which that's actually what I seen of that's pretty good too. Yeah, sorry, I we were talking about this before we came on. I haven't seen Succession. I've seen Severance. Yep. Okay, yeah, it's easy to get them confused. Those S words, man, fuck with you. <laughs> um, we are recording on the uh, the evening of the Fourth of July. Uh, Lucas, how was your Fourth of July weekend? It's pretty good. Uh, did a lot of swimming. Um, watched some fireworks. Um, we uh, hang out at Tina's aunt and uncle uh, every fourth, and they have twenty acres of land, and it's just peaceful. And there's, I mean. I had six fireworks shows last night uh, that I could see either in the distance or down the street. So I had my choice of 360 degrees of fireworks. You know, this is the one time of the year that I wish Adam was on the show because there's been a couple episodes where Adam's recorded inside of his car because his kids are trying to go to sleep. And with it being the 4th of July, I and I've teased him <laughs> on occasion that it looks like he's reporting from like a war zone country and to see those fireworks go off and watch him in this car, it would have fit the mood perfectly and I don't have him on the night. Oh, man, yeah, that would have been perfect. Because you know the, the city that we all, uh, we'll just say we all live in. I don't live there anymore, but I'm close enough and we know that people love their fireworks there. Oh, dude, yeah. Like I remember one year I was coming home from my mom's house and there was literally – like half of a block of just Roman candles and like those little, uh, uh, the mortar shells and shit just like lined up down the street. People just launching them off. Like, I'm just going to turn and go this way. So I don't have to. (laughs) Oh Lord, Terry, Terry, what you doing, Terry? I, I, it's funny. You said that I actually showed that to my son today. I was like, dude, you gotta come over here and watch this and back up turn, turn back up. Terry, what you doing? Turn. (laughs) Oh Lord, Terry. (laughs) Terry. Uh, yeah, that's a funny ass video. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, for me, busy weekend. Uh, my son had his, uh, baseball tournaments. Uh, my 11 year old son, uh, two time champion of his league this year. They won the title for the second year in a row, won the tournament and won the league. So job well that's done. Jackson, who has been on the show on occasion. That's badass. Yeah. Um, also today is, uh, the first lady of the Couch Potato Podcast, uh, the lovely Jen's birthday today. So we went and celebrated birthday for a little bit today. Happy birthday, buddy. Yep. So there you go. Now now the birthday's complete. You've gotten a happy birthday, buddy, from Lucas. Um, and then uh, 4th of July would not be complete without watching the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, which me and my son watched today. Because um, there's really nothing that's sports-oriented on until the afternoon. So, uh, Joey Chestnut won his 15th mustard belt. He uh, mowed down 63 glizzies. Now, I have to ask you, where the fuck did glizzy come from? Because I hadn't heard that until a couple weeks ago. Um, I heard it about a year ago, um, or maybe a little longer than that. When uh, I'll just come out and say it. Lucas and I used to be former employees at Best Buy. And there, uh, what, the early days of the pandemic, we just did strictly a curbside model where if you came up, you had to order something online, you could come pick it up in the store. But we, we were not letting people in. And our uh, GM, before she lost her shit, became a crazy old bat, used to buy us food. And we could, you know, we 
could eat snacks. They would cook like lunch for us all. It was a really nice setup for a while. And a uh, former employee, uh, we'll just call him James. <laughs> he had said to our GM one day, he goes, hey, Tina, what's the ETA on those glizzies? Yeah, well, he, he is a younger guy, so he's, you know, he's with all the hip new lingo. Right. Um, so I picked it up, kind of put it in the back of my head for a while, but then uh, going to, like, my son's games, like, his tradition is when he's done with his game, he always wants me to go buy him two hot dogs at the concession stand. So uh, my daughter, like, we'll take her to the games a lot, and she wanted a hot dog one day, and I was trying to get her to eat it. And I said, hey, if you don't eat your hot dog, the glizzy goblin's going to come and take it. <laughs> so now I remember she, you telling me this So story. now she thinks a glizzy goblin's a real thing, and, like, she'll sit and eat her hot dog because <laughs> she's uh, afraid that the glizzy goblin's going to get it. Nothing like getting a kid to eat, eat other than fear. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you know, like, I, I got to do what I got to do. Um, I did have a question, though, about Joey Chestnut. Uh, this is going to segue into our topic for the evening. Uh, we're going to talk a little sports. Um, this is Joey Chestnut's 15th Mustard Championship. Uh, is Joey Chestnut the greatest uh, dynasty in modern sports? Uh, I don't know about the greatest. Whatever, what, whatever happened to Kobayashi? Some controversy there or something? Uh, I'm not sure. There's um, ESPN has a 30 for 30, and I think ESPN should start paying me because I think this is like the second or third time in the last few weeks I've mentioned the 30 for 30 series. So ESPN, shoot me an instant message on our socials. I'll tell you where to mail the checks. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a 30 for 30. It's uh, basically a details Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. I haven't watched it yet. I probably should now that we're talking about the hot dog eating contest. But yeah, I don't know what happened to uh, Kobayashi. I think he gave it up. I'm just going to mm-hmm. look it up here real quick. I think he gave it up or – okay. See, I, always, I always remember him eating those and being, like, super dominant and then – all of a sudden, this Joey Chestnut guy came out of nowhere, beat him, and then Kobayashi was nowhere to be seen after that. Um, I like uh, Joey Chestnut's nickname. He's called Jaws. It's fitting. Uh, let's see. It looks like he had got kicked out of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest because he would not sign an agreement. Like He basically didn't want to like sign an exclusive deal. Uh, with Nathan's, no. it says that on June 28, 2010, Kobayashi announced he would not compete in the Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating competition, reportedly due to the company's insistence that he sign an exclusive contract. So, I, if, we're, if we're calling it the most dominant, I think it would have to be an asterisk, just because Kobayashi was just as dominant as he was. Well, Joey Chestnut had beaten him a couple of years before. Like, Kobayashi was still competing when Joey Chestnut started his reign over the Nathan's hot dog eating competition. Oh, I know. But, you know, I mean, Peyton Manning did also beat Tom Brady every once in a while. That's true. But. Uh, And speaking of that, I I would say probably Patriots, uh, the Warriors, over the last, God, how many years have they been fucking this is winning their championships? 
I, I don't pretend to be a basketball aficionado. Uh, I probably will be soon. My son is uh, taking a sudden interest in basketball now. He's been asking no. me like a bunch of questions about NBA stuff, and I'm just like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, let's see. They've won. Uh, that was their the one they just won was their fourth title since 2015. Yeah, so that's that's pretty dominant considering all the super teams that are out there. Um, I mean he's he's got to be up there at least because uh, food eating contests are there's some serious business. Mm-hmm. Now I I never really took it seriously. I just thought, oh, this is disgusting. There's a bunch of fat people eating nasty shit on TV, but they're not really fat. Joey Chestnut's really, like, looks like he weighs less than I do. I know. And it's crazy. Like, you know, what made his uh, championship win today, even more uh, special. He played hurt. Really? And he had a broken ankle or something like that. They showed him like had this gigantic cast on his foot. <laughs> That's a true champion right there. That's a champion. Heart of a I, heart of a tiger. And you know, I can't, I don't know how they fucking do that. Like Duncan, uh, hot dog buns and water and just having that soggy shit in your mouth. It's, That's so it's fucking gross. disgusting. They were, uh, there was some dude that was dipping his bun in Gatorade to take. She's seen like, like red and pink, like bread around his lips. It looked like he had thrown it up. That's fucking gross. I, I mean, like I watch him cause I think it's funny to see these guys just chug these hot dogs down, but it's also yeah. like, don't watch it when you're getting ready to go to dinner. Cause it's fucking gross. It is fucking gross. Watching these dudes just plow into these glizzies. Like it's, like it's the end of the world. It's just uh, plowing into glizzies and reminds me of the boys. There's a, there's an episode called Hero Gasm, and I can't wait till you watch that. All right. Well, I I promised the the, the loyal fans of the show voted for Succession and the, uh, Stranger Things first, but the boys is coming. I I, I think it's in my wheelhouse, so I'm going to check it out. Well, you know how both of us feel about Carl Urban. That's right. He is the man. He so, is. So well, we we at least given Joey Chestnut a top five. Oh yeah, top that, five. I mean, is that how you feel about it? I him? think he's number one. Really? I don't, no. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know if I would give him number one. I mean, he's like got it is a dominant championships. Thing. That's true. But Ric Flair had sixteen. Just saying. Well, Rick, like that, not in a row though. He's won for fifteen years straight. That's true. That is a dominant run. It is. And of course, I can never do it. So, well, why not? Let's let's get you started training. Because <laughs> I'm already chunky enough. Like I said, man, Joey Chestnut probably weighs like 180 pounds. Weight weight has nothing to do with it. I, how the fuck do you even train to down a bunch of glizzies like that? I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there, man. We'll get you started on it, man. Uh, as long as it's not before dinner. Well, let's find something first that would be a little easier for you to to eat besides hot dogs. Yeah, true. Oh, by the way. How about ribs? Uh, I do like I do like ribs. Oh, that's gross watching like just people like take that bone and just suck the meat right off of it. I think that's yeah. grosser than watching the dude eat hot dogs. <laughs> um at at my uh at the fourth of July party, I cooked uh on the grill for everybody. First time I've made that much food for, I think it was 35 people there. Oh, damn. Yeah, and it all came out perfectly. I was impressed with myself. Did you uh, make you a slab of some bone-sucking ribs? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Made some burgers, some brats, some uh, these things called Bahama Mamas, which I had never heard of. They're like a sausage thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of them too. I think uh, Schmidt's the world, or I think the world-renowned sausage uh, restaurant in Columbus has those. Yeah, that's where they came. They're they were from Schmidt's. Okay, yeah, that's and like then, a thing uh, that they a do. Shit ton of hot dogs too. Oh, you did. Fuck, you're already there, man. You should start training. <laughs> should just ate all the packs of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I'll, all right. I will say the top five dynasties of the modern era, in no particular order. I think the Patriots, mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors, yep. Joey Chestnut. The Alabama Crimson Tide run in college football. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the oh, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning got to be in there, too, because they've been dominating the shit out of hockey. Even though, Yeah, even though they lost. They were still in the finals this year. They were. It's, it's crazy. Um, my sister-in-law lives in Tampa. Uh, her son is a big hockey player down there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, how old is he, eight, I think. He's big into hockey. Apparently down there in Tampa, there is a big hockey contingent, and you would never think that because it's hotter than shit down there. But they really love their hockey down there. Which I find to be a little strange because they also have a very, it's a usually a very competitive baseball team, and they don't support the shit out of them at all. No, nobody <laughs> Nobody cares about the Rays, which uh, it's time to put the devil back in front of it, by the way. And maybe that's why they just like, you know what? You took the devil out of, don't try to like put religion in our baseball. Just fucking put the devil back in the Rays. But yeah. <laughs> I it, want the devil in my baseball. I honestly, I think that team could move tomorrow and like nobody fucking care, which is sad. But I don't think Florida is really a baseball state anyways. Nah, because nobody cares about Miami either. Yeah. And they've got two championships. And, uh, I mean, I know they had success and attendance. Like, attendance was up for a while. Then, like, they got that brand-new ballpark, which is an awesome ballpark. Derek Jeter even decided, you know what? Owning this Miami team isn't for me. He got out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, they have a fucking fish tank behind home plate. That's mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, Florida just does not like their baseball. I mean, I football, I understand. But, yeah, hockey still is very – blows my mind that they have a huge hockey base down there. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of surprising to me that Miami is not more popular with baseball. Uh, the Cuban population and the Dominican population, mm-hmm. which baseball is probably their number one sport in both of those countries. So. Mm-hmm. It's surprising that they haven't caught on down there. Uh, we went to a a Rays game three years ago, yeah, 2019, and I think maybe there was two two three thousand people in the ballpark. I mean, granted, it was a Tuesday night, pretty, but weren't they pretty good then too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there was like hardly anybody at the ballpark. Well, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Yeah, maybe we ended up. We bought indoors. I don't know. We bought well. I will say Tropicana is not the greatest place for baseball. But, yeah, we bought cheap seats, and we ended up moving down, got, like, got really good seats because, like, shit, there's nobody here. Who cares? Right. Ushers are probably like, thank God somebody's down here for us to talk to. Ah, young man, just go ahead and go on down. We don't give a fuck. 
Um, I know originally uh, I was supposed to, I was going to do an episode. Um, AEW had their big a uh, Forbidden Door pay per view. I was going to talk about that, and of course John Cena came back on uh, the following Monday. I was going to do an episode about that, but then I don't know what happened. But man, Thursday just became a huge fucking sports day. Um, two big stories popped out. Was it Thursday when that all that stuff went down? Because uh, I know the two big stories of the week going into the weekend were Kevin Durant requested a trade out of Brooklyn, and then uh, USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. Um, was that Wednesday been, or Thursday? Was it Thursday? I know it wasn't th- Friday. I think it was, no, it wasn't. Okay, then it had to have been Thursday. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what was the big story for you this week. Well, it's got to be USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deal. I mean, we talked about this uh, it, in football terms. That's uh, USC is the biggest team in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Like by far, I mean, Oregon obviously is a national contender a lot too, but they're not USC. Right. Um, they don't quite have, I don't think they quite have the history of a USC. And then um, I was, I reminded you about the basketball side of it, which that's a big get for the big 10. Now, I mean, UCLA hasn't been obviously the championship winning team that they used to be. But they have all that history. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think this was kind of a direct response to Oklahoma and uh, Texas joining the SEC, which I think that starts in twenty twenty four too, right? Yep, same year. I don't, so, like, what are you thinking about this, man? Uh, good move, bad move, indifferent about it? I I think it's it's kind of necessary for these schools. I don't. I don't know that I necessarily like it because I, I do like the tradition of college football, and I think this takes away from it a little bit. Um, but, you know, I these teams, it's all about money. These kids are making money now. They're making millions just like the coaches are. Um, so the schools obviously want to make sure that they're still making a shit ton of money. And uh, the Big Ten, they get like – what a billion dollars a year from Fox, something like something close like that. to it's, a billion. Yeah. So, and I think that those, I think that TV deals is uh, getting ready to uh, is up for negotiation here. And I think before twenty twenty four. And just imagine how much more money now that you have USC and UCLA because now you have the West Coast market. You already have New York with Rutgers, and. Uh, you got Ohio State, which Ohio State is the Big Ten. If Ohio State leaves the Big Ten, that TV or that conference mostly loses its relevance. Which sounds funny to say because you got USC in there now. You got Michigan, which they did really well last year, but you know it's kind of a drop in the hat type deal. After those two, I mean, who you got? You got Nebraska and Wisconsin. Nobody gives a shit about those two. Those two schools. I just looked it up real quick. Um... The uh, Big Ten Fox slash NBC or ABC ESPN deal runs through the 2022-2023 season, and each school gets a $31.4 million cut of that deal. And I guarantee you it's going to go up. I I would not be shocked if each each school gets somewhere in the region of $60 million after a new deal. 
Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all because I think, uh, like, sports is the only thing that, like, you can't you can't DVR sports. Right. So, I mean, that's, it's, it's big business. I mean, advertisers are going to throw a shit ton of money at them. Um, you know, like, I think it's a, a necessity, but I, I don't, don't like how college football is going. Like you said, it's, it's the tradition is starting to fade away. I mean, like, I remember growing up as a kid, the Rose Bowl was always a big deal at my house because it's always the Big Ten versus the Pac-10. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I'll get to Oregon and, like, Washington and some of those other schools here in a minute, but, like, that's not going to be the same thing anymore. No, and the, I think the, the most surprising thing, and I was actually – I watched uh, a clip today of the Pat McAfee show – where they were talking about this and obviously they were talking to AJ Hawk cause he went to Ohio state. So he would have some insight, you know, about what, what that would be like in the big 10. Um, the big 10 and the PAC 12 have had this relationship since gosh, what the nineties where they were the eighties or whatever, where they were, they were Rose bowl partners and the big 10 just poached the two biggest schools from the PAC 12. Well, I I mean, the Rose Bowl, the tradition of that goes back a lot further than that. It used to be every year those were the two teams that played were the Big Ten champion and then the Pac-10 champion. So it goes back much further than the the 80s. I mean, in the 60s, it used to be uh, USC versus normally Ohio State or Michigan every year. Yeah, so it's those schools playing each other on a regular basis is kind of a, a big deal. Actually, their relationship goes back a lot further than that. They used to play each other in the 60s all the time. Uh, I know it used to be USC versus Ohio State or Michigan every year. Yeah, so I guess tradition-wise, you kind of get those schools playing each other. But I don't know. It's it's moving towards we're not going to have a power five. We're going to have a power four now. And then maybe eventually a power three. I I honestly think it's going to be more of a power three because, I mean, really, the Big 12 is not really going to be relevant anymore. They lost their two biggest schools, which Texas and Oklahoma are arguably like if the Big 10 lost Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, and I think, like you said, this move had to do with, with the response to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you think about it, when Oklahoma plays Alabama or when Texas plays Alabama or – LSU or, you know, any of those big schools play, you know, Texas or Oklahoma. And those first couple of years, that's going to be like a giant spectacle. It's going to be, you know, holy shit, they're playing each other. There's not going to be a bigger game on TV. I mean, maybe when um, Ohio State plays USC, might mm-hmm. compete numbers-wise, but for sure that's going to be the biggest college football game of that night. Mm. Well, if I'm not mistaken too, uh, just even Texas in general, I think Texas athletics are like the biggest money maker in collegiate sports period. They are. And they just got a, uh, I mean, they have their own network for crying out loud. It's true. They do. I think, I think Ohio state, if they really wanted to, if they hadn't that, you know, they try to integrate themselves into the big 10. I think they could have their own channel too. Um, I don't think, I don't think Ohio State is as big as Texas, 
you know, up here to us it is, but we're not, you know, for the rest of the country. I think Texas is still viewed as a bigger collegiate school mm-hmm. as far as football goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy where college football is going. Well, I mean, like the thing I'm I'm hating seeing more <clears throat> I mean, I've I've been a huge college football fan since I was a kid. I actually for the longest time preferred college over the NFL. Yeah. Because I mean, as big as college football was, it was still kind of regional, you know? Like if you were in the Midwest, you were typically a fan of a Big 10 team and you hated everybody else around you. If you yeah. grew up in the South, you're typically rooting for like an SEC school. Out West, you're rooting for most likely USC, Oregon, and, and like now, I don't know. Like college football starting to go towards more towards like what the NFL is. Which I mean, if you think about it, the stadiums are bigger. Um, they, you know, obviously don't make as much money, but they're tre- like you said, they're trending that way. Mm-hmm. One of these days, they may be as big as the NFL. Um, well, I don't know if they'll be as big as the NFL, but they'll they could be like the second biggest revenue generator for a network, or like at least maybe not a revenue generator, but like the the amount of money that they're pulling in is probably going to be only trumped by the NFL. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, as wrestling fans, this kind of reminds me of when. Vince McMahon started buying up all the territories. Mm-hmm. You know, wrestling used to be a territorial thing, and you you had the Mid-South, you had NWA, you had... AWA. Uh, AWA, WWWF. You know, you had all the... Uh, and, like, hell, even the Canadian Stampede Wrestling. Um, and then Vince McMahon started buying all of them. Mm-hmm. And it became a national thing, which it is now. That's what it almost feels like. It went from like a regional wrestling thing to a national wrestling, you know? Right. And that's why I, I don't think, I think what's eventually going to happen is, well, let me ask you, like, what do you think is like on the horizon? Like, do you think that uh, like the big 12 and the pac 12 are going to survive? I wouldn't be surprised if they combined. Eventually, um, and I created their own, like the third, like a, a big super conference uh, on their own. Yeah, because I mean, as it is now, the, I mean, the ACC has Clemson and that keeps them going, and Miami, which Miami looks like, you know, with the NIL being available and them able to give money to recruits, you know. Yeah, it's like, man, a- if they were, if they only started doing that shit about 20 years earlier, man, the U would still be relevant today. Right, um, and now they're they're starting to get recruits, so they're coming back. So, mm-hmm. and Miami is a is a big time, like big big time college football program. They just haven't been relevant because they got busted for paying their kids, mm-hmm. you know, with hookers and cocaine. Well, I think the first big domino or the next big domino to fall is what happens with Notre Dame. Yeah, and I read, and I'm sure you read the story is, you know, the Big Ten is thinking about asking Washington and Oregon to, to join, but they're waiting on Notre Dame. Well, actually, what, the, uh, I, I, what I read is Oregon and Washington want 
or considering joining the Big Ten, but the Big Ten is putting everything else on hold till they find out what's going on with Notre Dame. Okay. Well, and once again, Notre Dame should be should have been in the fucking Big Ten since the nineties anyway. Um, but they make all that money from NBC. You know, obviously it's a, it's a business thing on their end. It's nothing to do with, you know, not necessarily wanting to be in the big 10, but we, in order for them to play another championship game, in my opinion, they're going to have to be in one of these super conferences because if they keep playing in the ACC, it's not going to matter. Because you're not going to put, you're not going to put them in over a Big Ten and SEC or a Big Twelve champion. You know what I mean? And if there's an at-large Alabama, they're getting in before Notre Dame too. Well, I mean, I honestly, I don't think. Or let me put it to you like this: I think personally, if Notre Dame, like a Notre Dame, is still remains an independent, which I honestly, I don't see them doing that. Because I, I think they're going to go where the money's at, and I don't think I don't think NBC, like the appeal of a, like an NBC deal as an independent is going to eventually work out in their, be, their favor. Because I think eventually they're just going to be, they're going to get left out now. But, uh, damn, I forgot where I was going with that. But I think with Notre Dame, I think they eventually have to join a conference just because I think what you said they're going to have to they're going to get swallowed up. Although saying that though, I think I would put them in to a playoff over like a Big 12 conference champion cuz I I honestly I don't think now that Oklahoma and Texas are gone I don't think there's anybody in the Big 12 that's really yeah, warrants no. being like, "Oh, that's that's one of the top 5 or 6 teams in the country." No. Well, and well, yes, but Cincinnati is starting to be looked at differently t- too now, and they're going to be playing in the Big Twelve, and they they're picking up big time recruits. So it, it could be that Cincinnati could be in over an independent, because as as much as like the Big Twelve is losing its relevance with you know you and I necessarily, maybe nationally with the, some of these uh, guys that vote on the committee. It may not be losing all of its relevance. You know what I mean? Oh, I think I've I, actually there's a tons of stories out now. Like the Big 12's dead. Oh, well. I think they're going to start. The teams are eventually going to start getting swallowed up. And I've even seen stories like, well, does like the teams that are joining after uh, Oklahoma and Texas leave are they going to jump ship and join somebody else now? Or wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me. The thing that really surprises me about this whole deal is imagine on the schedule you've got USC versus Rutgers. That's literally Los Angeles to New York. <laughs> right. That's a long fucking trip. I I think the Big Ten would be better served now they got those like those two West Coast teams that they keep their schedules more like regional base because you and I were discussing like basically they're probably just going to split them in half and the eastern portion of it's going to be like Rutgers, Maryland, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Penn State, Penn State, Purdue, and, and Purdue, and uh, Indiana, right? 
Yeah, so any we're split right there at Basically, the Indiana-Illinois border. Yeah, then everything past Indiana would be the west region. And I think they would be better served doing that and then maybe scheduling like because that's that's seven games right there. Just when you schedule like the conference games and then peppering in like okay, just to have the marquee matchups. Okay, UCLA is going to play Ohio State and Ohio State. But, like don't do that at that game every year. I mean, I'm sure USC and yeah. Mich- the USC Michigan USC Ohio State USC Penn State will probably be a yearly game. I think there's too much money on the table for it not to be. Yeah, that'll be a rotating thing. They'll, I imagine in the first year, they'll start with Ohio State against USC, then Michigan against USC, then Penn State against USC, and then they'll come back. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a rotation of those three schools. Right. Now, I, I think I'm beginning to wonder, like, once it Notre, if Notre Dame decides to join the Big Ten, like, does the SEC start poaching some of these schools from the ACC? First one to go would be Clemson, I would think. Yeah, I think Clemson, uh, Clemson or Miami, I think would assuredly be the one of the first two to go. So then that, so then it just comes down to what two two super conferences? Because once Clemson leaves the ACC, they're dead. Well, that's same with Miami. I think Miami leaves, they're dead too, and even to a lesser extent, Florida State. I mean, they're still a a marquee gener- money generating program, even though. They're kind of like Miami. They haven't been relevant in a while, but they're still, I mean, they're still a big school. And then essentially it's those three, then the scraps of the ACC. And then, I mean, you got to look at basketball too when you were talking about UCLA earlier. I mean, Duke and North Carolina are going to get some play because, you know, there's still big basketball schools. Which it wouldn't surprise me if the Big Ten came after them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know. I just another question that popped to mind when we were talking about this is: Does the Big Ten championship game stay in Indianapolis? I've does it heard move further west, or I've seen some rumor. Now I don't know if this is true or not that it's going to rotate, and uh, SoFi could be hosting it one year. I think the days of it being in Indianapolis on a yearly basis are probably done, yeah. simply because. You've got UCLA and USC now. And I think I think Oregon and Washington will be in there too. I think in 2024 they join as well. Oh, you think? I think Notre Dame joins. Actually, Notre Dame's probably going to do some dick move like they always fucking do and go like ACC. And then Washington and Oregon is going to – because I don't know what it is about Notre Dame, but they just – they resist – like – I know they have a contract with NBC, but they resist the Big Ten as much as they can. I mean, fuck, they had the the traditional game of Michigan against Notre Dame. That thing went on for, what, 100 years, close to 100 years? And they just dropped it because they wanted to go play games exclusively against the ACC. Mm -hmm. Actually, Michigan State and Notre Dame. And it's just like, what the fuck, guys? I understand that some traditions are going to die. Like Ohio State doesn't play only noon games anymore, mm-hmm. which I like that. I don't. I never thought that it should always be a noon thing, because Ohio State's bigger than just noon games. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But yeah, just traditional games against an opponent 
should stay. That'd be like if Ohio State and Michigan stopped playing each other, and that's just you can't have that, you know. Right. I, I when you talk about tradition, as as long as they keep Ohio State and Michigan on at noon, I'm that game should be played at noon. I I didn't like it when they did the three thirty matchup that one year. But I understand yeah, it was one versus strange. two that year. Which you know, why would you do a three thirty and not an eight, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is what it is. It that game was awesome. Right. So I mean it sounds like me and you were kind of in the same boat. Like I think this is going to lead to just two gigantic super conferences battling it out every year. And I think everybody else is just I, I really think what's gonna happen to college football, and I think this is gonna be sooner much rather than later now, is you're gonna have two super conferences, a southern branch, which would be the essentially the SEC, and then you're gonna get the northern Midwest, West Coast now, which would be the Big Ten. And I think they're going to create their own subdivision, and they don't really need anybody else. I mean, honestly, every network that has sports is going to be throwing gobs of money at them to get their football rights. And they don't need, like, the scraps of the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. I think it's just going to be one of those things where it's those two super conferences, and you're going to get another, kind of like how they have the subdivisions of NCAA football now. We got 1A and, you know, all that. And then, like, everybody else is going to be playing in their own conference. And then it's going to be, you know, trickle down after that. The thing that I'm really going to be – I think I'm going to hate the most out of all this is what's going to happen to the bowl games, the the tradition of the bowl game. Yeah, it's – Because I don't think it's going to last once this this new frontier college football starts. It might, because there's. I mean, to me personally, there's too many bowl games. I think there's like, so what, too. Sixty-seven or some shit last year. There's a ton. It's too many. Um, I, I I could see like at the super conferences, maybe you have your mid-level teams playing each other. You know, all the way up to your your top four teams. So you have your your top two from your North Conference, Big Ten your top two from your South Conference, the SEC, being, you know, kind of a playoff thing. Or does – do they keep, like, the the big six bowl games and do, like, they try to work out something with, like, these super conferences to where, okay, we'll partner with you guys and you guys can just bring all your teams to just play in our games. And then the rest of the bowl games are just kind of – Yeah, that's probably what will end up happening. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with a playoff when there's two conferences. Because I think that's honestly, I think that's where it's where it's going. It, if it's not two, then it's three. But more than likely, two conferences. And well, I, I think just, you'll see the expansion of the playoff series after that. Oh yeah, I mean you have to. But it's just, I, how would you do that? Is it top four? Because uh, they'll, they'll they won't go any further than eight. I wouldn't think. No eight teams in a playoff. No, well, I had read something. Uh, I forget who wrote it, but a uh, the uh, commissioner of the Pac-12 voted down expanding the current college football playoff system, and I think that they said that's effectively what caused uh, USC and UCLA to bolt for the Big Ten. And I think the Big Twelve commissioner had done that prior, and that's what triggered Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Yeah, is the so, fact that there's not all these, you know, there's not more room in the playoffs for these teams. 
and they're kind of getting left out all this big money. And it's like, well, why are we going to stick around here? You guys don't want this. We're going to go where the money's at. Which is crazy. You would think that they would want to because both those conferences were on the verge of getting into the playoffs and got left out by, you know, a slim margin. Mm-hmm. Several times. It wasn't even just once. It was several times. So, I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like it's moving to a couple super conferences, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think in ten years, college football will not look anything like it did when you and I were kids. I don't even think it'll look like it does anything. Like it won't look anything like it did like five years ago. Well, it won't. I mean, like the Big Twelve will effectively be a shell of itself. The Pac twelve will be a shell of itself. Yeah, but it was like, it's like, uh, it's like the Woo said, "Cash rules everything around me." Yep, I I dig that reference. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just I I don't like where it's it's going, and uh, I mean, it really it's it. I think it's just gonna lose what makes it different from the NFL. And honestly, if it's going to be the same product as the NFL, I'm just going to devote my time to the NFL and Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to waste my time watching Oklahoma and Alabama play because, like, it's a fucking point. I mean, I can watch this game in two years when, like, all these guys from Oklahoma and Alabama are playing in the NFL anyways. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what it is now. Well, I mean, no, like, I look forward <laughs> to these big, like, like – like if say like Oklahoma's playing George, like okay, I'm gonna watch it. That's appointment TV for me. Yeah. Or if like Alabama's playing like USC, like okay, I mean if UFC's got a good team, I mean, USC's kind of hit and miss here lately. But if, yeah, if that were like a game, both those teams were like in the top ten. Oh yeah, count me and I'm fucking watching that game. But now it's yeah. if, you know if things change, like I don't really care. Yeah, I don't. It's. A lot of traditions are changing and it's i i like the channel but i have to blame them anyway i think this all started with espn they did they started this shit with major league baseball they you know how i feel about that like i've said this several times the cincinnati reds are the original major league baseball team they should be the first game every year of major league baseball mm-hmm. that's how it was for almost a hundred years if not a hundred I don't know the I don't know the time frame but and then ESPN started throwing money at MLB and they changed it to now it's there's like three games on uh at the start of the year and Cincinnati wasn't even one of them they didn't even fucking start at home this year which I don't even know well that's a ever. that's a little different because they decided to Owners and the players fought it out, and yeah, but I mean, even in a lockout year before, right? The Reds still started off at home as the first game. Well, I mean, they as when they locked out before, it was like they played an abbreviated schedule. This time around, they're playing 162 games, but if they did that, it would have totally fucked the whole schedule up by basically shifting everything back. Because then you're moving the playoffs back, you're moving the World Series back, and 
as someone who's played baseball in cold weather, that fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to me that they play the World Series in October, especially if there's a Midwest team that makes it there. Right. Like the fucking like Minnesota, they play outside. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they probably know like, yeah, Minnesota. We are the Twins aren't going to the World Series for a while. Um, yeah, but if they do, <laughs> but yeah, like them shifting that back would have caused like just chaos with the scheduling. So now I think they just because most of the teams now, like when they start the year, they're usually playing divisional rivals, anyways. So yeah. okay, like most likely you're going to be playing a team that you're going to play like you know six or eight more times during the year, anyways. So we'll just schedule like a double header in between to kind of make up the difference because they only lost like a week of the season. But yeah, no, it, it sucks. And I mean, too, like I I heard an interview with Dana White. Um, I it was actually when you talked about Pat McAfee earlier. He was on Pat McAfee show. I think it was like a month, month, two months ago. He was talking about how like the the money that these networks throw towards sports now is just insane. And I think a lot of it had to do with the pandemic and how much people missed sports when we didn't have them. I mean, I was yeah. one of them. Like I, like, I was so excited for the last dance. Like, I treated that like it was game seven of the World Series. I remember you got, you got really excited about that. Yeah, because, I mean, it was that and the NFL draft were the only sports we got until uh, UFC started running the uh, the fights on Fight Island. And, he, I mean, it was a, it's a very valid point now. It's just like, okay, the, the appetite for live sports has just increased tenfold since the pandemic. And it's like these sports institutions are stupid to leave that money on, you know, on the table. Yeah, and... Fortunately or unfortunately, I mean, you have Disney who owns ABC, ESPN, and they're bankrolled by billion-dollar movies that they make. So they have unlimited cash flow that they can – plus, you know, sponsors that they can just throw at uh, the Big Ten, the SEC, um, the ACC. They have, like – they have an ACC channel and a Longhorn Network channel and – an SEC network channel. So those are just dedicated to those conferences and those specific teams. So they just, it's an, un, it's unlimited. I mean, Marvel movies make billions of dollars. That alone can be a contract for, you know, two or three years with a, with a school. Well, I mean, or with two, a conference. Two, you're also getting into the streaming world where these streamers are now starting to get in the... I mean, Amazon's going to have uh, NFL games for the first time ever. They're going to be the exclusive home of the Thursday night game. Yeah. And uh, next, the uh, the NFL Sunday ticket package is up, and I've seen something like that's going to go for a crazy amount. $2 and billion dollars a year is what I saw. I, really, I've seen three. Yeah, uh, I mean... It doesn't matter because Apple has more money than than any country in the world. Yeah, and I've so, seen yeah I've seen that um, the Apple, which now they're starting to get into the the sports streaming stuff. They've got uh they do uh baseball like Major League Baseball games every Friday night. Yeah, they I think they signed something with the MLS too, didn't they? They did. They signed a oh I can't remember the number, but it's a ten year deal. Um, every single MLS game will be on there. No blackouts. Um, 
They're going to have studio shows. They're going to have pregame and postgame shows, you know, special other shows, which is, that's, you know, me being a soccer fan and me being an MLS fan, that's a big deal. It's, it's a good deal. Um, and it, it's geared more towards the younger crowd, which Apple gears themselves towards too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an all around good deal for them, but it's a lot of money being thrown at them. It's I think it's close to a billion. Right, and I think as these contracts start expiring, you start seeing these streamers. I mean, I know Netflix lost a shit ton of money. What was that? The first or this last quarter? And I, you know, I would be shocked if they didn't get into some kind of sports streaming at some point too. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's. Google's probably going to get into it. So, I mean, it's, you puts YouTube in play. I mean, just the sky's the limit with his money, and I think it's just going to it's just going to uh, get, you know, these leagues are going to get more and more money, and it's going to, I think, rip tradition out the window. Like, truth be told, if you and I, they said, hey, you know, like we did this, we usually release our show every Tuesday, and we've been doing this show for years. Every Tuesday, every, all of our listeners get counted out. But if like, somebody throws a shit ton of money at me and says, hey, we want your show. We like what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, right. We know that's not – that's a pipe dream. <laughs> but, uh, you know, somebody's going to throw a shit ton of money at us. And, like, but we need you to put this out on Friday nights. Like, <laughs> all right. My books Honestly, are clear. if anybody throws any money at me, I'm changing yeah. the day. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, if I'm getting a couple grand a month, like – you got to do it on Monday. All right. Well, Lucas, every Sunday night, you aren't going to be doing this whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Uh, I just, I'm curious to see what happens. I think this is, I honestly, I'm of the belief, I don't think this is the end of the team shifting before college football season starts. I think no. there's a good chance, which, fuck, that's in a month and change. Yeah, it's at the end of August, right? Yeah, uh, college football usually. I, my son was asking me this. College football usually kicks off Labor Day weekend, and then the NFL starts the, that Thursday. Yeah, that's I how think it some of the, is. the some some of the smaller schools start before but, at the end of August. Yeah, I mean, I'm not watching fucking. I'm not watching Liberty versus Lehigh. Not watching any Mac schools. No, like, sorry, sorry, Mac. You guys, I like your, I like the cut of your jib. But I don't, I'm not watching you on TV. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, it's everything's money. Mm-hmm. Used to be that everybody shunned money for tradition, or at least they put the money towards tradition. Now it's. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It's whoever can make the most money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this uh, shakes out. I mean, I'm kind of curious about it. Maybe I could be proven wrong, and I think it makes college football better, but I don't know. I just I think it loses – college football loses a lot of its charm. Plus, it's going to make playing uh, NCAA 2023 or 24, whenever it comes out, it's going to be a little weird too. It'll be July of 23. Uh, I haven't gotten much into the video games since uh, I've had my kids, but uh, that was always, like, my go-to. Like, I played the shit out of that game every fucking year when it came out. <laughs> yeah, we used to, remember we used to have uh, tournaments at my sister's house. Yeah, I remember that uh, 
that scorpion woman of an ex-wife of yours, I beat her with a Hail Mary at the end of the game too. <laughs> she was so pissed. She didn't talk to me for like two days. Like it was my fault. Yep. I am the catalyst for Lucas and his his uh, ex-wife getting a divorce. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, that Hail Mary is very symbolic. <laughs> it really is. Um, uh, but, hey, before we wrap this up, is there any uh, other sp- – Stories caught your eye this uh, this week. I mean, I kind of wanted to touch on Durant requesting a trade out of uh, Brooklyn, but I mean, we're almost out of time. So yeah, I mean, that guy's always jumping ship. It doesn't fucking like he's never happy anywhere he is. Yeah, I'd seen uh, Miami and Phoenix are the front runners, but Phoenix is not going to give up uh, Devin Booker, which I don't blame him. I wouldn't give up Devin Booker for Kevin Durant either. Is it basically like okay, you're? It doesn't really make you any better. Kevin Durant's getting older, isn't he? Yeah, he he's is getting up there. But I'd still I mean, say he's still he's, a good player. But I'd still say he's one of the top five players in the league. Um, but, I wouldn't be shocked if he went to Miami. I mean, just for the the life he could live down there. Well, I mean, I've seen Golden State is also kind of in the background too as a possible suitor. I mean, they've got enough. They've got the players to offer. To get him. I mean, they could put together a nice little package for him and still not really, like, lose a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, it. the NBA is kind of going the way of college football uh, restructuring. You know, you have these few super teams, and then there's the rest of them. Well, I mean, yeah, but really, though, the last few years, though, in the NBA, super teams really haven't, Won the titles. I mean, uh, last year was the Bucks. They've got arguably the best player in basketball. At least I think Giannis is a fucking force of nature. That dude is phenomenal to watch. And usually, if I see a Bucks game on TV, I'll watch a little bit of it just to watch him. But I mean, even Golden State this year, they won the title. And I know some people think they're a super team, but they really they drafted Steph Clay. And Draymond, those guys weren't like big free agents that came over to win a title. That those all homegrown guys that they produced. I mean, they were a super team That's when they true. got Durant. But I mean, like even guys like Jordan Poole and Looney and uh, Gary Payton's son, uh, those are all guys they drafted. They just draft really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they you, do. And like, I mean, the Lakers they kind of won with. Uh, they won the bubble title with uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. They haven't done anything since then. They've been a huge disappointment. Uh, Brooklyn Which, got Kyrie and Durant. Now they're breaking them two up. Neither one of them want to be there anymore. I saw a, a story that LeBron is uh, probably in the last year or two of his career, and he's uh, talking about going back to Cleveland and finishing there. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, uh, I I actually like LeBron. I I had a period where I I hated him. I just hated the way he left Cleveland. Like I think it was the whole, pretty shitty. I think the special you could have done without that, especially that city. If you're gonna leave Cleveland, don't do it that way. If if he was leaving, like I don't know, the Bulls to go to Miami. Like okay, do the the TV special. The Bulls got six titles. They've never had like a run like that, but yeah, to do that to the fucking city of Cleveland was awful. 
And I, yeah. I, I hated him for that. But then he came back uh, to Cleveland like, okay, LeBron. It's like, you know, that friend that you have a falling out with. Like, you fucking hate their guts for like a couple of years. And then like, hey, man, you know, like I was a dickhead. Let's try to patch yeah. this up, be friends again. It's like, hey, bring, bring it in, man. Giving LeBron the big, like the big bro hug. <laughs> Everything's cool with me after that. Yeah. And then he went to L.A. And I'm like, I don't even care. He left Cleveland. Like, I'm a huge Lakers fan. So, like, oh, shit, he's going to L.A.? Perfect. But I don't think anybody was really mad the second time he left. No, because he, he brought Cleveland he didn't championship. Do a fucking special. <laughs> right. But, um, one story I did want to touch on real quick. Um, we talked about it before. Deshaun Watson's case, I believe, has wrapped – um, yeah, uh, they don't think they're going to have a decision about that till uh, around the 14th. So about a week from now, mm-hmm. um, or a little over a week, 10 days. So we'll see what happens with my team. Um, there's a lot of stories since I, you know, I'm a Browns fan. There's a lot of stories in Cleveland right now that uh, – people think that the Browns organization should convince Baker Mayfield to play. I am, I am one of those people. I think you, you got to try to mend fences with him. Cause I think he gives you the best shot at winning. If you play the whole year without him, without I know he fucked up if he won the super bowl with them. <laughs> oh, I would love to hear that press conference. Cause he's not staying after this year. Like there's no. zero chance. So if he wins, <laughs> he wins him a Super Bowl, and then like I don't, I think honestly, I don't think the Haslam's will be able to own that team after that. I think there would be such a backlash after that that the Haslam's would be chased out of town. Which the uh, the Crew fans, the Columbus Crew fans, are trying to get them out of ownership too because of the uh, Roe v. Wade. They came out and said. Uh, it's a, it's a political issue. We're not going to get involved in it, and that has pissed the crew fans off to a mm-hmm. point where they didn't even bring in their drums or any of the normal stuff they do to a normal game. Wow! And, and they had a big protest. Like they didn't have any of their signs. They had a big protest uh, at the game yesterday. So they and plus they changed the logo, which pissed the fans off. So the Haslam's are not doing too good, too hot in Cleveland or Columbus right now. Yeah, just sell the team, sell the teams. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm surprised. I guess it it makes sense. Like, it should teach. It should be a learning lesson. Like, no matter how much goodwill you buy yourself, like you can make a, a decision. That'll pat people turn on you in an instant, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> some of the decisions they're making are just, they're not popular. They don't know their audience. Like, Columbus is a very progressive, liberal city. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, when, when things come out that are not viewed, you know, I'm trying not to make this political, but it is political with them. Um, when they're not viewed in the, nicest of whites with the progressive liberals it's protest city so Mm -hmm. well i mean that's why i honestly i have always been of the opinion own a team just be the person that like okay i'm paying the bills i'll put you in charge just make sure you're doing 
the job and making sure that like I'm making money on this. I don't need to be changing the fucking logo. I don't need to be, you know, hands on and like, okay, I, I know we have this quarterback had a horrible year played hurt, but let's just bring in this guy who's got multiple sexual misconduct cases against him. Let's just go ahead and bring that guy on in. I'm going to, and I'm going to guarantee him a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. Like, I'm glad that they're trying to win a championship for for the Browns. I just, it's just the, I, I don't know. Like, go after somebody. Like, a, go after a Russell Wilson. Throw everything at him. Throw a quarter of a billion dollars at him. He's got no, you know, he's got no horrible track record like that better player and they had the i mean they i'm sure they had the opportunity they, uh, i don't fuck all the draft picks they gave up they could have given them to seattle for us i i think from what i read though i think denver was working green bay and seattle and i think they're basically waiting to see what aaron i think i personally think they already had something close with denver anyways or with seattle in the event that Aaron Rodgers decided he wanted to stay in Green Bay. So I think Aaron Rodgers was the well, first choice. You. And then, like, because they it – it's funny that that deal went down not even an hour after Aaron decided he was staying in Green Bay. It's like, okay, Aaron's staying in Green Bay. Hey, Denver, this is Seattle. I'm sure they don't call each other like that. But <laughs> it was like, hey – we got a deal. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, these deals take take weeks. So they had that plan. Yeah, I think they said. they had that on the back burner. Oh, uh, the only thing I had real quick is uh, WWE Money in the Bank was this weekend. I watched that on Saturday night. Uh, WWE continues to amaze me how they do something right and then they turn around in the same fucking show and just completely screw shit up. I didn't see it. What they do? Um. Well, first off, the Usos and the Street Profits wrestled in a tag team match. Probably one of the best tag team matches of the year. It was was really good. Uh, Montez Ford did this move I've never seen where he jumped over the the, uh, turnbuckle post, jumped over that and did like a swanton onto uh, the Usos and his partner. I, was, I mean, it wasn't like one of those things where he jumped onto the like the top rope from the ring. He jumped from the ring over the post onto the floor. Um, but the the first match of the night, Liv Morgan won the Money in the Bank, which I don't. I, I watched some of their stuff, and she's one of the, like these. The reaction she gets from the crowd, she should be a lot more successful than she is. And they they let her win Money in the Bank, and then she cashed it in and beat Ronda and won the title. Okay, I thought it was a really cool moment. Like, okay, that's you're finally listening to the people. And then uh, the main event of the men's uh, Money in the Bank, they added Austin Theory to the match, which like he had lost earlier in the night to Bobby Lashley, and then he's maybe in the ring three minutes, and then he ends up winning Money in the Bank. And I was like, yeah, oh. I. I I think they're trying too hard with Austin Theory. 
think they're trying too hard to make him a heel, like make everybody hate him, which I, I think he just naturally draws heat. I don't think you have to, you know, force it. I and, think they're. I think they're on. I think they got the right guy. I just think it, they're doing it too soon. Yeah. And then uh, at so. the end of the at the end of the pay per view, when we we've mentioned Pat McAfee on this show a couple times, uh, they set up a match for SummerSlam now between him and Baron Corbin. And then uh, Pat McAfee took uh, Baron Corbin's finishing maneuver, got laid out. And then I seen a picture the next day of uh, it's Vince, Stephanie, Triple H, and Pat McAfee at UFC 276. Sure. I'm yeah, not yeah sure. I think that was the, the newest pay-per-view. But uh, Pat McAfee's got his uh, tank top on, and he's got a neck brace selling the injury. I was like, this is fucking be- – this guy gets it. Now that's awesome. I'm good with that. Yeah. And then uh, Israel – what's the fighter's name? Oh, yeah, yeah, did Israel the, um, Adesana came out, the did the Undertaker entrance, which I thought was super cool. I mean, that was kind of it. That's kind of what I wanted to touch base on real quick. But um, Let me just say one more point. Montez Ford uh, is Bianca Belair's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but he will he'll have to go to AEW to be a world champion. And I think he's talented enough, and I think he's good enough on the mic that he should be a champion, but he's not Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or Cody Rhodes or Seth Rollins. Those are the four that are going to hold the title for the next two years or whatever. Um, so I think he'll have to go to like an AEW to be recognized for his talent. Well, I mean, they got to split him up from the Street Profits first. Which they're going to. And they're going to fuck it up like they always do. And he'll be a single guy, singles guy, and he'll probably win the Intercontinental Championship. And he may even have a world title match, but he's going to lose it, and they're going to dump him down. He's going to be a mid-card. I've seen it a million times. Well, I mean, in defense of that, though, have you ever seen a time where a tag team, a like a big tag team splits up and then the feud is actually awesome? I, I, the only one that comes to mind that was decent was uh, when Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty split up. But outside of that, I can't think of. Well, I thought the DX split was pretty good, too, in the early 2000s. When uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, like when Shawn Michaels came back and they were feuding. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I guess, like, that – that took a long time, though, to get to that point, though, because Shawn Michaels had to leave for a while. Well, I don't mind a slow burn. <laughs> uh, if, if it comes back, you know, and it's it's a good if if it's a good story, like uh, I don't mind that slow burn. That yeah, that's that's a fucking slow burn for sure. That's like uh, since we're recording this on the Fourth of July, I'm just gonna make a quick Fourth of July joke. It's like the snake, just like snake, <laughs> and it just slowly turns into like from that little brick to, like, the Ash Snake, which those things fucking suck. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, real quick, uh, the Mrs. Fourth of July shirt was, uh, basically it was a tie-dye red-white-blue shirt. It had the whole listing of the, the fireworks that Joe Dirt asked if the guy had at the fireworks stand. That's incredible. Yeah, That's that was fucking awesome. awesome. 
All right, well, Lucas, I think we've ran over a little bit, but uh, I just want to say awesome to have you back. Uh, and uh, we should do this again. I don't know, maybe next week. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, mentally I stay stable enough. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll plan for next week. Sounds good. All right, well, will, thanks. I will do my best to be there. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you next Tuesday. And that will do it for today's episode. We hope you guys and gals enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to get all the latest show updates. If you did like what you heard today, please leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We drop episodes each and every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on a single episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. So until next Tuesday, we will talk to you guys later.